Well, probably the best way to do this is to just uh, start recording and uh, just uh, let things spin out of control from there. <laughs> Wait, you, you mean we weren't recording already? Welcome to AT Banter, the podcast where we discuss anything and everything regarding the world of assistive technology with our hosts, Steve Barkley, Rob Minot, and Ryan Fleury. Now, let's banter. So, welcome once again to AT Banter. Well, wait a minute. No, no, okay. You can't say once again. It's our first episode. (laughs) Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Rewind. Rewind. (laughs) And welcome to AT Banter. Welcome. And this is uh, this is our first episode, sort of, in a way. It's the inaugural re-recording of an episode. That's right. Yes, precisely. Uh, my name is Rob Minot, as usual. And uh, what do you mean? You got to stop this as usual stuff. <laughs> you, you, you've never been Rob Minot before on this uh, podcast. Never. <laughs> I mean, you've been Rob Minot before, but you've never been on this podcast before, so you can't be as usual. <laughs> Nothing is as usual anymore. This is all completely unique. Okay, for the first time ever, I am Rob Minot. Well, he's, that's he's really wrong not again. A, yeah, that's not entirely <laughs> accurate either. <laughs> I don't know who I am. I, I you are Rob No. I are. I are the moment. I are Rob No, and I am joined today. As usual. <laughs> no, not as usual. It's unique. This is the first time. Rachel, come be Nobody host. knows about the first botched recording. <laughs> or the 5% that was offered. That's right. Oh, my God. Am I glad I have access to don't, audio editing. Don't you blaspheme. Audio editing equipment. I will be making good use of it today. I am Rob Minot, and I am joined by Ryan Flurry. Hi, I'm Ryan Flurry, and Steve Barkley, and I am Steve Barkley, and we are the Supremes. Really? Lawsuit. I always wondered why we had these dresses. <laughs> That's right. It all becomes. It all makes sense now. Wait, I'm in a dress. You told me it was a kilt. Yeah, close enough. Kilt. Yes. Yeah, it's kilt. It's kilt. It's kilt. Um. Hey, we are here today talk a little bit about uh, assistive technology, among other things, clearly. To start the ball rolling, I'm going to toss things over to Ryan Fleury. Well, I'm Ryan Fleury. The Apple Store has recently decided that they have incorporated an accessibility section on their store, including such devices as accessible music products, braille displays, and other devices. So, Steve, what are your thoughts on that? Well, of course, as uh, one of the uh, co-owners of Aroga Technologies, a company that's been dedicated to assistive technology for the last uh, 28 years or so, um, I think uh, it's a little intimidating to have somebody (laughs) with Apple's pull, uh, you know, out there as a competitor. However, uh, we've managed to find our niche market over the years uh, by providing high levels of support and service. And I think we will continue to do that uh, despite Apple uh, entering into this fray. I think it's uh, good from the sense that uh, it brings better awareness to assistive technology. It brings it more into the mainstream, allows more people to learn about it and uh, and uh, see it uh, presented. Um, 
But realistically, I don't know that a lot of people will be wanting to go to Apple for their assistive technology when they can get it through somebody who can provide a higher level of support than they probably can. Well, and I think, too, we've always prided ourselves, especially on the support that we're able to give our clients when they purchase a product from us. So, you know, I don't think Apple can compete in that arena. I think it's unlikely. I mean, certainly if Apple put their mind to it, they could certainly do so. Um, but uh, you have to wonder if they're actually willing to commit to being a full-fledged assistive technology retailer and uh, and. Uh, uh, if they're going to be willing to provide that level of support that people have come to expect. Now, on the flip side of it, they could uh, use their bulk purchasing power and absolutely smush us under their feet if they wanted to, but I don't think that's going to happen. Come on, they can't even make iTunes usable. So That's true. What is it with iTunes? Like, Why can that company not get iTunes right? Well, even the latest version that just came out, a lot of blindness people are saying that they've broken accessibility again in iTunes. So I don't know why Apple just can't get it right. Well, there's so many other things that are broken in iTunes. Why why not break accessibility? <laughs> I mean, for goodness sakes. You know, I finally figured out why my music library, half my music library was missing. It, it got indexed by iTunes, and iTunes decided that, um, oh, well, we don't recognize all of the tags on this music, so we're just going to delete it. <laughs> Unbelievable! I, I I found out it found wow. out about it by uh, by accident, just by uh, reading some stuff online. I, you know, there were people complaining about uh, iTunes doing this, and and I suddenly realized, you know what? I've been missing all kinds of folders and um, you know albums that I've had over the years that I've I've gotten online or I've gotten you know rips that I've done myself, and they're just they're gone now. You know, I've got empty folders sitting there and. I couldn't figure out why. I thought it was me, but as it turns out, <laughs> no, it was just iTunes. iTunes going, yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't know what that is, so we're just going to get rid of it. For yeah, you. yeah. I've I've read some articles about about, especially it's really hitting people who actually are are in the, you know, they they actually are creating their own music. So of course, you know, the, all those MP3s are are not tagged, and you know they're irreplaceable. So. Uh, you, you, That's a good point, Ryan. Did we check our uh, our Dropbox lately for uh, the the stuff that we recorded? No, it, Brian and I are actually part of the worst band in the world, um, and and I, I say that with absolute confidence. We are terrible, and uh, but we've recorded some of our own music. Nothing fit to play. No, we we will not play it for you, and you know don't ask us because we will just go no. But uh, yeah, I wonder if it's still there. I'm sure it is. Probably. I, I don't recall adding the Dropbox to my no iTunes stuff. So no. That would be bad if we did, though. Well, now that we've switched away from iPhones, you know, I'm not personally using iTunes for anything. Yeah, me either. I've switched over to Android now, and, and I'm, I'm very, very happy with my Android. Yep, I agree. Yeah, and probably the number one reason I am so happy with my Android is no I never iTunes. have to use iTunes again. <laughs> well, so we can expect then, after this podcast is published, that Apple will indeed come down and crush us. <laughs> so... If they want to talk to us about accessibility and how to do it better, we can we can help them with that. That's true. That's true. I mean, I I, I think the the main thing to take away from that article is just the fact that it's starting to be taken a little bit more seriously. And, and what Apple does usually, uh, you know, other other industries wake up and, and take notice. So I think that it's important that, in the sense that it's it's making accessibility a little bit more of a of a hot topic. 
But I mean, and even if you look at the their their store and you you dig in far enough to actually find this section, it's pretty limited on, on what they do have, and it's all you know, and it's you know, of course, all completely tailored to to Apple products. So right, true enough, you know, it, it, you know they've they've got a couple switches in there. I think a couple braille displays. Um, yeah, I'm curious how many products they actually have up there. I mean, we've got something like 1,600 and some odd. No, 9, 1,900. As somebody who takes care of the website, uh, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's over yeah. 1,900. So that's plenty. Yeah. It is. So I don't think we have anything to worry about. But and I, and I think that it, it is probably a positive thing going forward. I think we'll see. We'll see some changes. Which, which actually, that's a good segue into the next thing we were going to talk about, which is the fact that uh, Microsoft has has. Uh, announced that they're going to extend the July 29th um, deadline to, um, to to upgrade to Windows 10 for free for anyone who uses assistive technology. Yeah, that's that's one I don't get at all. Um, one, why, why have a deadline at all? Like, what what's the point of shutting off people and saying, okay, you can't, you could can no longer go from Windows 7, Windows 8 up to Windows 10 without, uh, presumably without paying for it. And then how are they actually going to determine who's an assistive technology user and who isn't and what line are they going to draw on assistive technology? I mean, is if somebody is sitting on a computer using, say, a alternative uh, mouse system, like a head pointing system, uh, that's assistive technology. So that is to a Windows computer going to appear as a human interface device. It's just going to look to the computer like it's another kind of mouse because it, all of the hardware for it is external. Um, so how do they then determine that this person is an assistive technology user and is entitled to a free upgrade? And if they're just taking people at their word, then how do they police it? It's uh, curious. Well, and I think the blog's been pretty vague to this point as well, and they've still got two months to come out and make specific what their plan is, and hopefully they will. But you know, Microsoft hasn't always been known for their best communication, so you know, well, I think only time will tell as to how they're going to be able to tell who has the disability and who doesn't. Well, I mean, I can't see other than other than just getting people to take selfies of them with their switches. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I don't know. I think it's going to be nearly impossible to... I mean, it really feels just like posturing. Well, I mean, if they did, can make it free, you know, they've made it free since last July 29th. You know, they're still going to make money off of people who build their own systems. You know, they're still making a percentage off of every computer that's sold with Windows on it. So it's not like they need to start charging for Windows 10. Yeah, it, it does seem odd. It, it, I mean, I'm kind of with you. I don't understand even why they're... I mean, especially when, you know, I, I read an article just the other day about um, how they've started... They, they've marked the Windows 10 update as a recommended update, mm -hmm. which means that in your Windows settings, if you are telling in your Windows update, if you mark that to automatically install any recommended updates you're going to get Windows 10 fed to you without it, you, without you asking. Like, and, you, and it's been happening. People are restarting their computers, and it's coming up saying, you know, install Windows 10. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you would think that it, it, obviously they want everybody, as many people as possible, to upgrade to Windows 10. So, you know, that, that just, you know, brings me back around to why even have a deadline? Just continue what you're doing and just make it a free update. And, 
and why why even have a, a deadline and I don't know why implement this weird thing where you, you it's clear that you're not going to be able to please it. Yeah, I had a um, conversation with some friends the other night and their big concern about moving up to Windows 10 was um, what they'd run online about uh, uh, privacy in relation to Windows 10 and what the uh, Windows 10 agreement basically said uh, Microsoft was entitled to. Um, you know, they were concerned that uh, their privacy would be breached, that uh, Microsoft was overreaching and uh, didn't want to upgrade to Windows 10. And that's that's fine. I mean, that's up to them. You know, I'm sort of of the opposite camp. Whenever a new operating system comes out, I pretty much ignore the user agreement, click OK to anything, and I probably owe them my firstborn child now. But, uh, you know, I'll leap into a new OS without really worrying too much about things like that. Whereas a lot of other people are, are going to have concerns like that and they're going to hold off until they've heard that these things are solved. So are there going to be changes to Windows 10 that will make it worthwhile for somebody to buy an upgrade when they've held off this long already? Um, you know, are, are people still voluntarily doing the upgrade or have they pretty much captured the market share that they're going to capture at this point? Is this just one way of them sort of nudging people along and saying, you know, you better get that Windows 10 upgrade in now or you're not going to get it for free? I don't, I don't, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of questions around this and, you know, I, I think it probably doesn't have a lot to do with assistive technology at the end of the day. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. So, all right. So that's, uh, now we've added Microsoft to our enemies list that there will be yeah, they'll be they'll be coming out with their own assistive technology company. That's, <laughs> that's right. Well, they've already got Microsoft accessibility toll free line, so well, but it's it, true, which is an awesome thing. It is absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, that does bring up another point. Like uh, th this whole, and I, I think this this lends to what you're saying is that in that you didn't think that it really had anything to do with assistive technology because you know the the article states and talks about narrator it talks about all these windows uh accessibility features in windows 10 but those are also uh, they're all in windows 8 they're all in windows 7 right there's nothing specifically in windows 10 that isn't in any of those other operating systems in terms of at is there i've heard that they're more sophisticated in windows 10 um but uh to what level i'm not really sure i, I have had people tell me that they've been able to operate the computer with narrator alone um, you know, there's definitely some, some additional stuff around, uh, uh alternative access, uh, switch access, those kinds of things. Um, I think it's, you know, part of an ongoing evolution in, uh, in assistive technology and, and Windows 10 is going to be better than Windows 8 was and Windows 8 was better than 7 was. Um, but, uh, you know, there's still a lot of people out there who are using additional assistive technology beyond what's built in. Um, you know, if they didn't need to, they probably wouldn't, you know, look at all the, the Mac users out there who have been enjoying voiceover for, for so many years. Um, you know, they're, they're not going out and buying a third party screen reader for a Mac. They're using what's, what's built in. And I, I don't know that, that narrators to the same level of access as, as voiceover is. I've, I've never heard anybody make that argument certainly. Hmm. No, and Microsoft has, you know, come out and said publicly that they are going to do more 
with accessibility and narrator, increasing voice rates and adding more voices and trying to turn it into a more um, useful screen reader. But people like myself who are totally blind have either been using JAWS, Window Eyes, System Access for years and now MVDA, free open source screen reader, we really need another screen reader in the market. Well, I mean, if you look at NVDA, NVDA is the only one of the ones you mentioned that's free. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I think it's fair to compare NVDA to, to Narrator. I, I don't know that it's fair to compare commercial screen readers to it because uh, obviously they have a, an economic interest to, to make sure that they stay on top, particularly of the uh, programs that, that consumers are going to use most, both at home and in a, in a workplace. You know, is, is Microsoft going to ever spend a lot of time making sure that uh, Narrator works well with something like, say, uh, Adobe Acrobat or, you know, another third-party accounting package that somebody might use in an office space? I, it seems pretty unlikely to me that they're ever going to support third-party software. Um, you know, they're going to do Office, they're going to do the operating system itself, They'll probably support other Microsoft applications, but they probably won't venture out past that. Right. You know, um, NVDA being community supported, they're going to support what the community demands. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be what, you know, what they hear the most from the community or, you know, the programs that the community themselves is going to go out and, and take this open source software and work with it and, and, uh, support a program. Um, the uh, the commercial guys are going to go out and they're going to look at you know what's being used in an office space, what's being used in a school, what's being used at home, and they're going to try and support all of that as best they can um, based on the the most popular selections. So there's there you know there's certain cases to be made for a built-in screen reader. Uh, you know if somebody is just web browsing and using Microsoft Office products, then Narrator might just do the trick for them at at some point if it isn't doing so already. Um, but, uh, um, there's going to be a place for community supported screen readers and there's going to be a place for commercial, uh, commercially supported screen readers, uh, for a while to come, I think until companies actually recognize the need for accessibility and start making their programs accessible out of the box. Uh, okay. So something else we should probably talk about. Uh, cause last week was a pretty big week around here. We had a re- pretty, pretty decent sized, uh, press release, didn't we? Yeah. The press release for the, uh, the new eye, uh, new eyes, um, uh, glasses went out, uh, new low vision aid, uh, coming out of, uh, California, uh, based on a military spec, uh, set of, uh, eyewear, uh, virtual reality, uh, eyeglasses, um, with a, with a camera on the front of it, uh, that's been set up to, uh, magnify up to, uh, 12 times and, uh, also provide contrast enhancement for reading. Uh, I put out a press release last week and it got picked up. Uh, I haven't checked the stats lately, but I think within two days it had been picked up by 230 news organizations around the world. Wow. Uh, a whole bunch of them in Canada, which was, which was what I actually targeted tons of them all across the United States. And then for some reason there were, there was a smattering of them in Europe, but, uh, it went really big in India. <laughs> Go figure. I don't know why India specifically, but, uh, people are, people are really excited about, uh, the idea of head worn assistive technology. Um, the new eyes glasses are kind of, a 
uh, a new foray into that market. Uh, they, they really kind of reach further than any head-worn system has, has done before. Um, they, uh, the, the glasses themselves have a ton of technology built into them. Uh, in addition to the magnification and text enhancement stuff, uh, hiding in the background and inactive right now, it's got uh, Wi-Fi, it's got Bluetooth, it's got uh, uh, digital compass, it's got GPS, uh, it's got a barometer, for goodness sakes. Um, there's just tons and tons of stuff built into them. There's there's magnetically connected earbuds that you can put onto it for uh, for audio. And over time, they're developing the software to add new functionality. So they're adding, uh, I believe towards the end of this month, they're adding... Um, uh, streaming video and they are going to be adding later in the year uh, optical character recognition so you'll actually be able to hold up a document and have it read to you um, and then they're going to open up the whole Android platform the device itself is built on Android and you'll be able to get access to email to web browsing to all of those Android -y things that you would do um, there's voice recognition built into it, so you can dictate into it. And because it has Bluetooth, if you really wanted to, you could uh, pair a Bluetooth keyboard to it. Um, it could be an all-in-one head-worn computer that you could just uh, sit in your Lazy Boy and, uh, you know, surf the Internet, and nobody would know that you had porn on. That would be perfect. If you can make pancakes, I'd, you'd, you'd have a sale right here. I am going to go out, and I am going to Google Android connected pancake maker. <laughs> and I am there. almost willing to bet that there's one out there now. <laughs> That's right. Well, yeah, but you're right, though. I mean, uh, wearable tech is uh, is is hot right now. It's sexy. People people are are, are really taking interest in this stuff. Um, between between um, wearable drones, which is something I saw on the intranet uh, last week, which is very cool. A drone that like sits on your wrist and is able, able to, I guess, make some sort of a hand motion and it'll fly off and fly up, take some footage, and then fly back down. Um, Stalkers are going to love this. It's going <laughs> to be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, the, the tech that, uh, that's coming out for, for wearables, you know. The, soon, soon we'll all be walking down the street with our augmented, or our augmented reality uh, glasses on. We'll have our little drone in there. We'll flick our wrists. It'll fly off. It'll fly ahead. It'll get us lunch. It'll fly back with our lunch, put it down in front of us. Meanwhile, we can be sitting on Tinder, you know, I, looking for our next date. I, I can only hope. I really hope I really hope we make it to see that that day. But but I mean this uh, isn't part of you surprised that it kind of took this long because really ever since because how how old are Google Glass now? I mean that was what five years ago, four or five years ago. Yeah, Google Google Glass is something that Google never really carried forward with, and and I was told by somebody who claimed to have fairly tight links with Google. I, I don't know if that's the case or not. They they claimed a lot of things and may not have been the most believable person in the world. But uh, their claim was that when Google came out with Google Glasses, the um, uh, telephone companies, the cellular phone companies that they dealt with, got very threatened by the technology. They felt that Google was going out, they were making their own cell phone technology, they were trying to leap ahead of them, and they were going to uh, threaten their core business. And uh, they threatened to stop using uh, Google uh, Android as part of their phone systems. 
And uh, with that threat in mind, Google backed off of the development of Google Glasses and decided to leave that up to other people. But they left behind a, a bit of a legacy in terms of the technology that they had already developed. Uh, so other glasses type companies could go out and do their own development. And uh, presumably that could be where the, the guys who made the glasses for the new eyes uh, started out was with that, that technology as the basis for their platform. Right. But they're, it sounds like they're still actively developing that platform. Like they're, they're still, there are still big improvements coming to the, to the, uh, to the unit from the sounds of it. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's, um, there, there's definitely stuff coming down the pipe. You know, the, there's, there's all kinds of technologies that people are talking about now in terms of the, the wearable glass type technology. And, and a big part of it is the augmented reality, um, uh, side of things. The idea being that you can be you know, wearing some sort of glass type device walking down the street. And as you're walking down the street, you can be looking at a store and you can have the storefront tell you what the specials are in that store, um, just by wandering past it. Um, you know, it's a, another way that people can advertise, um, for somebody like me, who's terrible with remembering people's names, um, you could have facial recognition technology built in. So as you're walking down the street, you'll be going, Hey, Hey, that's, uh, that's that guy over there. And all of a sudden being a little cloud will come up above your head saying, Rob Minolt, it'll tell me when your birthday is, who your kids are, who your <laughs> wife is. And, uh, all I have to do is say, Hey Rob, how you doing? Why are you wearing that kilt? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, well, you have me at that. Although the, the idea that, that I could be wearing these glasses and walk by an old Navy and then get a, a pop-up of an old Navy ad as I'm walking through the mall, that's terrifying. That's coming sooner rather than later that's, into your phones. That That's already happening. Yeah, and presumably, like with your phones, you just turn notifications off for that kind mm -hmm. of thing if it annoys you and carry on. Yes. Yeah, it'll be walking down the street. It'll be just like the Wild West of um, web browsing, right? That's right. When we all had Internet Explorer and you'd go to the wrong website and all of a sudden 75 windows would pop up in front of you. <laughs> God, how do I make it stop? Make it stop. Oh, I miss those days. Yeah. <laughs> those good old GeoCities web pages with the flashing flashing animated banners. Yes. Oh. You have won $10 million. Click here. That's right. Oh. Your computer is infected with a virus. <laughs> Click here. Oh, man, how many people got caught on that one? I know. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's so that, and that's the new eyes. Um, so what? The and that's available now? New is eyes it? is available now. It has the magnification feature, the text enhancement feature. Um, that's pretty much it for the starters. But the, up, the software upgrades for it are going to be free. And uh, uh, people will be able to tap into the new features as they, uh, as they are released. The hardware is already there. Nice. Very nice. Uh, let's see. So what else were we going to talk about? There's Dictation Bridge, which is an open source alternative to JSA and JDictate. Okay. Which, and what are, what's JSA and JDictate? JSA and JDictate are programs that tie into JAWS and Dragon Naturally Speaking so that somebody who's visually impaired can do dictation to their computer or using JSAY take full control of their computer just using their voice. The reasoning behind Dictation Bridge is that A, it's open source so it's community driven. They're trying to raise funds so that they can support other screen readers. Right now they're working with MVDA 
um, but they hope to raise enough to work with JAWS, Window Eye, System Access. Some of the benefits of going open source and being community driven is that they have a lot more developers behind their program and they can do um, more region specific um, development on it so more languages can be supported in a much quicker fashion than the current products are. So it's kind of a mixed feelings right now in the community as to whether or not it's a good product, good project, bad project, good idea, bad idea. Uh, what, um, any idea what engine they're using for the recognition? I don't off the top of my head. They are working with Dragon. Really? Yes. Interesting. Yeah, they're going to be working with Dragon Pro, Dragon Individual, all, all the Dragon stuff. Okay, so you you are still going to have to buy a license for Dragon in yes. order to to use it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And right now the screen reader is MVDA. That's the only one supported at this point. Right. They've got some funding targets on their Dictation Bridge website that once they reach, they can start doing more development towards different screen reading products and more feature-rich products. But for now, it's basic Dictation and MVDA use. Well, that'd be interesting. I wonder if they're targeting the same sort of audience that, that JSA did, which is that um, group that has a visual impairment as well as a physical disability and can't necessarily access a keyboard. Um, you know, have they said if they want to take it to that level, or is this going to be still something that uh, JSA will have the corner on? No, from what I've read, they want to be able to give a person full computer access using voice only, using their voice, dictation bridge, and whatever screen reader of your choice. So they want to be able to support Office applications, Windows applications, despite whether you're using JAWS, Window Eyes, doesn't matter. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I think they got their work cut out for them. They really do, but I... <laughs> I kind of hope they succeed, you know, just because there is more than just the English-speaking language out there that people who require this product could get great use out of a product like this. Has JSA been localized for other languages? Not that I'm aware of. No. No. Interesting. But time will tell. You know, more information at dictationbridge.com. You're such a shill. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we should probably uh, do a shout out to JSA as well. Uh, yes, seeing as, uh, give them give them equal uh, equal time there. What's uh, the JSA website? Hartgen, H A R T G E N dot org. Brian's been a really great guy to work with, and you know there is no product like JSA on the market, and it has changed people's lives, and that's why I think Aroga is quite proud to carry his product line and. You know, I don't see us changing that anytime soon. Yeah, and and Brian, in case we've you know sowed all kinds of uh, complete misinformation <laughs> here, you can be a guest on this program Absolutely. anytime you want. Absolutely, correct any misinformation we've put out there. Sorry, we don't need to burn any more bridges. That's right. <laughs> this this first episode. Edit, 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 edit. edit. That's right. Yeah. That's right. We've already annoyed <laughs> Apple and Microsoft. That's well, that's okay. What, we can do what that. could be worse? Hey, let's annoy Google. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. Well, what can you say bad about Google? Uh, I could say Getting bad. music on your phone has never been easier. It's just cut and paste. 
drag and drop. Yeah, love that. Uh, well, okay. Google Plus. Google uh, Plus. Are you the only one still using Google isn't, Plus? Isn't that that well, social network that Google employees <laughs> use? That's right. <laughs> Hangouts? How'd that work? Oh, yeah, that didn't that, work very well. That didn't work too well for us. No. Google Waves? What? What's Google Waves? Is, I think that's a new thing they just came out with again. It's almost, I think, like a Facebook competitor. Oh. It's going to be their social network type thing. I think it's called Google Waves. They need to just stick to the driving, the self-driving car. <laughs> just work on that. Let's get that going. Because well, on their cool. maps, their maps are awesome. Maps yeah, their are maps good. are crazy good. Maps yep. are awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's definitely certain things that Google does really well, and Maps is one of them. Their phones are kind of awesome. Their phones are awesome. Android is excellent. Yep, very excellent. Yep. Hey, so. speaking of which, did you get, have you got the update yet? Ryan, no, Steve. Prob- Steve already had his Nexus Six came with Marshmallow. Oh. Yeah, I can't remember what version I'm up. Yeah, I, I, I picked up another update maybe a week or two ago. Yeah, and depending on your carrier, Linda's got a Samsung S5 Android phone. She's with Telus, and she got her update a week ago. I'm with Rogers, and I still don't have my update. Yeah. And Rob, do you have yours yet? No, no. That's, yeah. That's so we should wondering. have them by the end of the month. Google just had their national conference or annual conference as well last week, Google I.O., and you can already get um, beta versions of the next Android version, Steve, if you have a Nexus device. So And I do. You might want to play with that. Because I'm a nerd. What are they? <laughs> they capital they? N on my forehead. I, well, I, we don't know what N's going to stand for yet. Maybe it's nerd. There you go. Could be. You might be onto something. Yeah, I wish they would, uh, I don't know, go a different way when they're naming these operators. Because uh, the lollipop, marshmallow, like it's just it's <laughs> ridiculous. Kit Kat, gingerbread. Yeah, I, I can't keep track of that. Like, give me numbers. Yeah, like, got like numbers. One, whatever happened two. to one, two, three, and four? <laughs> That's right. You know? You're on 5.1 right now. Yeah. I don't know. Is marshmallow lolli- will be six. Yeah, you see, you know that. I don't know it's that. because I use no. Google. <laughs> so do I, but I don't pay attention to that. I just go, ooh, update. Exactly. I Press mean, the button. Yes, yeah. I'd like to install it because I'm, as I mentioned earlier, that OS guy. And when it breaks your phone, how'd that work for you? Well, I had to do a factory reset the other day. I got some program, I think it was called Contacts Plus, hmm. and uh, it erased... All of my family. No, no. Everybody that I (laughs) had ever texted with, it erased all their contacts. Wow. It was so annoying. I call it contact minus now. Yeah, I'm assuming that it wasn't supposed to do that. You know, probably not. You know, I looked at the reviews for it. People were reviewing it quite highly, but... uh, Well, it's probably because it got rid of their family. (laughs) (laughs) It's the antisocial plug-in of the year. It's it's the antisocial network. (laughs) Excellent. Okay. Well, anyone got anything else? Or can we put this thing to bed? I think we can probably put this to bed. Let's uh, let's do our closeout. Uh, did we plan a closeout? We didn't plan a closeout. We should do a song. A song? Yeah, let's I do a song. What song should we do? Good night, Irene. Start us off. In three-part harmony. Oh. Start us <laughs> off. No, I don't know how it goes. <laughs> or the words. Or the words. I know. I'll I see, sense I'll see you in my dreams. It's in there somewhere. <laughs> and there's a lot of good night irene in it. Exactly. All right. Well, good night, Irene. Good night, Irene. Good night, Irene.
This podcast has been brought to you by Aroga Technologies. Visit Aroga Technologies online at www.aroga.com. That's A-R-O-G-A.com. Music provided by bensound.com.